0: All right, friends, before we start the show, I wanted to let you know that I have a new class available. It's called Press Start on Your Brand Messaging. This class is designed, it's Zelda theme, and it is designed to help you develop your message through a messaging algorithm that I give you through the course of your journey. We have to pick a character. We have to pick a path. We pick your what victory looks like. And then we start talking about some very serious stuff in terms of the, you know, navigating through the wilderness of entrepreneurship or freelancing. And then we come across the big boss battle of dealing with the drama triangle and challenging and going through to the empowerment dynamic then we develop your message and you can use that message at networking events and be able to give your one sentence elevator pitch and and say like i help x do y and the people are like oh my god that's great that's fantastic how do i learn how to do more of that so uh go to bit.ly slash start message to press start on your brand messaging right now go do it please i love you okay Hey, everybody, c out here, and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like doing laundry, a necessary evil. Today on the show, I want to talk about the conversion point, or the, the transition, I should say, between victim to creator. This is sort of referencing the drama triangle and empowerment dynamic, and something I talk about in the messaging course class that I talked about at the top of the show that you should definitely go check out um, And that class is all about this conversion point. And I just went through a cyclothymic spike, and I think this is what that's all about too. So let's hit the button and do the thing, talk about it. Let's go. yeah, 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 Now here it is Hello friend Welcome to the show I hope you're doing okay Thanks for being here As always, uh, I'm glad you like listening to me talk Because I appreciate that That's my favorite quality in a person Someone that likes to hear me talk. (laughs) Thank you for being here. I hope you're having a good day. I hope you're doing okay. If this is the start of your day, then I'm sending you good vibes that everything will be a okay going forward. And one of the reasons I want to talk about this whole victim-to-creator transition is because I recently went through a manic spike, a bit of a cyclothymic spike. Um, So cyclothymia for a brief just sort of mention, is what I have. I've had that since I was, uh, as far as I can remember, but maybe 10 or 11 years old is when I was really first feeling it. And cyclothymia is uh, low-grade, I don't even want to call it a low-grade bipolar disorder anymore. It's, um, it's a version of bipolar disorder that is cyclical. So it is uh, typically said to be a lifelong thing, and at minimum it happens... Or at maximum, I should say, it happens once every three months that you have this cyclothymic sort of spike. So you go through depression and then you go through hypomania and you kind of cycle one to the other. And then if you deal with the trigger that caused it or um, just kind of wait through the, the period of time that it takes, then it'll sort of go away and you'll start to level out uh, and have to take a little time to sort of regain your energy and, and refocus and, re, re, and, you know, get get uh, focused and moving. So this is something I've been dealing with basically every three months at maximum, uh, all of my life. And then there are times when there's like, you know, a trigger could cause something that will, um, that will make that happen sooner. Right. So cyclothymic spikes could happen. Uh, it could be in a matter of a week, week and a half, two weeks, Uh, or it can be, you know, within a day or two, it could be super short bursts, um, can be something that really happens. So what happens to me is that I experience, uh, basically lower physical energy and the happier that I become as a person, I actually experience depression more in my body as opposed to my mind, because I feel like I can meet it at the pass. And I don't get, I don't get as, um, taken back by the depressive thoughts that come along with depression, right? And I think that what's really been helping me and what's been helping me in my transition from victim to creator is thinking about emotions and my emotional response as something that doesn't necessarily have a charge until I apply a charge to it. What I mean by that is that a word like lonely, for example, lonely could be a positive or negative thing. I think culturally, if you see here the word lonely, you sort of go into like a lower energy space. You're like loneliness is bad. Loneliness is not good. Loneliness is a negative feeling. It's a, it's bad energy, right? But being alone can be totally liberating and a positive thing. And being by yourself can be uh, uh, revelating and and have so many great opportunities for you to be by yourself. You have more freedom of movement. You have opportunities to do what you want to do. You know, I think a lot of people really value being lonely or being alone. Right. So lonely specifically has been given this negative connotation. But we have to be aware of those default emotional sort of uh, energies that we give to those emotions uh, so that we're not just defaulting to that every single time. And what helps me with the depression piece of things is that I no longer just automatically, or I try no longer to automatically just submit to the negative charge of any kind of feeling that I'm experiencing, right? So if I'm feeling exhausted, if I'm feeling like I can't move, if I'm feeling like I can't focus, that I can't get work done, that I can't do anything that i am doing everything i can to give myself peace and space and allow myself to realize okay this is where i'm at right now this is where i am going this is what i'm feeling is that my body is requesting of me to stop to slow down and to lay in bed or to delay life for a little bit and work through these things and it requires extra self-care, extra focus to spend more time on myself. And for me to do that and to kind of clear my mind takes that prerequisite of working on that every day so that I'm not just working on a depression when depression happens, right? I'm working on my attitudes every single day, my behaviors, how I feel about life, how I feel about myself every single day. So that when that depressive spike happens, it's not something that takes me off guard. It's not something that I'm surprised by. And I think I have the luck, (laughs) strangely, of having experienced this since I was 11 years old. This is something that I've just had experience with, which is why I also feel qualified to have this this uh podcast and have this conversation around mental health management, because you know really what this is 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 something that uh, i I've just had experience I've had all of this experience with managing uh, my mental space, so with that comes understanding that when the moment comes, when depression comes, and you you have to sort of accept the reality for what it is, and I think a lot of the mental health challenges that we face. Is, swimming, is with swimming against the stream of what our mind wants for us right now, right? And that doesn't mean giving into quote unquote suicidal thoughts or giving into negative behavior um, or harmful behavior. That means listening to your body for what it is and where it is and listening to your mind for what it is and where it is and respecting that. Because unless you're taking medication, which has been prescribed by a doctor, and you have ways to sort of mitigate what's going on, you have to kind of go with it. Like the only way out is through. So I find that going with the depression, meaning that you have to set boundaries in your life that you have to tell your partner, you might have to tell your parents, you might have to tell your boss, you might have to make life slow down a little while, you might have to go to therapy a little bit more than usual, you might need to take care of your body a little bit more than usual. Uh, In terms of eating well, and making sure that you're getting up and showering and getting all of the extra little bits of self care that you can, because now's the time, your body extra needs it. So, and, and that, again, that only comes because you've done that regularly already in your life. This is not because it's something that you just, you know, you're eating Cheetos and not taking care of yourself all of your life. And then this depressive spike happens. And suddenly, you have to learn how to eat less Cheetos like that's no, that's not how that that's not going to work. You have to become better at taking care of yourself like all the time. So managing that depressive energy is an important aspect of getting yourself from a victim mentality into a creator mentality. So you're taking charge of your depression by being someone that takes care of yourself all the time. And then knowing how to extra take care of yourself when depression happens or have, you know, it's almost like having a, uh, an escape kit, right. In so, in some way, or a bag packed when you know that you're, you're pregnant and maybe you uh, you or your wife are, are pregnant and, or someone close to you is pregnant and you are trying to take care of them. And you know, that you have to, at any point, like you don't know when the baby's coming. You you have no idea. So you have a general window of when the baby might be coming. So you need to be prepared. You have to have a go bag of some kind. And that's the word I was trying to think of, a go bag. <laughs> and um, basically have yourself prepared for when the time comes so that you grab the bag, you go through the routine, you have all of these things that you need to handle in place and ready to go. And maybe you've gone through some drills. Maybe you've like kind of figured out your process, your you figured out how she's going to lay down and then also be aware that there are going to be uh, unexpected things and give yourself the malleability to adapt. You know, it's not like it's not like if you're you're you or your wife is screaming and panicking or your friend is panicking and screaming that you have to say, like, no, you need to move faster. <laughs> because we have to follow the, the, the itinerary. (laughs) No, that's not how that's going to work. You have to, you have this framework to kind of work with that. You know, what's happening. You're in it right now and you have to be extra diligent and take extra care of the moment. And that's really where it's at, right? Is making sure that you're taking extra care of the moment, taking extra care of yourself when you need to take extra care of yourself, So you have your go bag, you are ready to go, you know, so the wind depression comes, you're almost like greeting it at the door. You're like, hello, old friend, welcome back. Come on in, have a seat. I'll get you your tea. (laughs) We'll take care of it. We'll be fine. Um, let's just, you know, we'll turn on, uh, so you think you can dance and just watch people dance and try not to just feel bad about the fact that I can't dance right now. I can't do anything. I can't move. Um, You know, again, it's about doing the best that you can. And I know it's easy for me as an INTP. I'm not an overly emotional person. But I think as someone who is um, more emotionally minded, if you are a person that is more emotionally minded, then that is the opportunity to look at the different emotional responses that you are having and honor what they are, whether that's a positive or negative charge. But then also... Be aware of, is that the only emotion that you are feeling right now, right? It's like, if you are only feeling a sense of despair and negativity, are there other emotions that are viable, that are valuable, that are helpful in this moment, as opposed to just saying, I feel like garbage, I'm useless and saying all the negative things. But what are the positives that still exist? You're still a person, you're still a human being, you're still alive, you're still here. And those are all positive things that you can most definitely tell yourself, you know, so it's like another thing that I think about when it comes to depression and getting myself away from a victim space when I'm depressed is moving the goalpost because you are currently handicapped. You are not a normal quote unquote person right now. You are someone that is experiencing A different level of existence than other people are experiencing. So you have to give yourself different measurements, whether that's emotionally with social currency, or with tangible things. So if you're again, if you are a more emotional person, you likely have obligations or feel like you have obligations to other people. And chances are, you've given all of your time and energy to other people. But now it's the time to take care of yourself or to have them take care of you And it's not for you to feel bad. It's not for you to feel bad that you can't do it. It's about just acknowledging and saying, okay, right now I can't do it. And I need to take care of myself so that I am in service of being able to eventually do it again, to be able to help people. Because look, if you don't survive depression, you're not going to be able to help anyone ever again. Like, I'm just going to let that hang for a second (laughs) because You have to just take care of yourself. That's the be all end all. Like you are first. And even if you're someone that does focus on other people, it starts from you. You can't give anyone your energy if you don't have any. So that that lives in depression that lives in day to day life, making sure that you're taking care of yourself, being able to give the best of who you are to other people in your life. So I'm going to take a quick break and then I'm going to kind of talk about the hypomania part of it, too all right welcome back i hope you got your your sippy juice your juice box i don't know whatever you drink your wine box i don't don't know is this like a wine episode this is like a sipping wine and, and relaxing by the fire kind of thing I don't know. I'm genuinely curious as to um, how you listen to this show <laughs> and why <laughs> and where um, I'm going to be putting up a new survey soon because I need to do that. And I probably need to get your email addresses so that we can tell you when there's new episodes and all of that fun stuff. Um, you can actually go if you go to dopamine.life, dot uh, which is also linked in the description. There is a um, on the website. There is a free Myers-Briggs course. So if. The inroad to this is through Myers-Briggs, which is what I talk about sometimes. You can certainly go and do that and get set up there. So um, I started talking about all of the depression pieces of everything and taking care of yourself and trying to get yourself from a victim space into a creator space. And really shifting from victim to creator in the mental health context is about control taking control of your life because being a victim is assuming that life is just going to keep happening to you, right? Like everything's just going to be, uh, you're at the whim of someone saving you or, you know, or someone else is holding you down in some sort of way. And in this case, like the villain in your life would be the depression. The depression is what's coming at you and holding you down. But I like to think of the depression or the cyclothymia or the hypomania, I should say, um, or any of the mental health challenges that you're facing, you see them as the villain, but I would like to challenge you to see them as a challenger instead. And this is the shift from the sort of the, uh, the, the, the drama triangle into the empowerment dynamic. I'm having a little bit of a slow brain morning, so apologize for that. (laughs) But shifting from the, Uh, the drama triangle into the empowerment dynamic of shifting your mentality of looking at your depression as not a villain in your life. This is not something in your brain that is necessarily um, actively trying to ruin you. You just happened to have this brain chemistry. Maybe there's some trauma you still need to work through. Maybe there's just something in your life that happened and you need to work through it. And, but this is not some, some evil force This is why, like, I have a trouble, I have difficulty with the word, with the phrasing that someone's dealing with their inner demons, because dealing with your inner demons implies that there's an external force. But your depression is you. And your depression is not a villain in your life. Your depression is giving you a challenge that someone else doesn't necessarily have to face, that that you have to face, that you have to find ways to a person around, right? Not to necessarily be the same type of person as someone else, but how to continue to exist. I posit the the notion all the time that my mental health has made me a more interesting, more depth, um, uh, given me more depth, given me more opportunity to be motivating, given me opportunity to create this podcast, to be connecting, to provide advice, to be loving and caring. And it's done that by challenging me throughout my life. And if I had not seen it as a challenge and just seen it as this villain or this, this evil force that's ruining me, then it's easy to get into a space where I'm just laying in bed and I'm just like, Oh, this, all this stuff is just happening to me. But you could still have the capacity while laying in bed and dealing with your depression. You still could have the capacity to ask yourself those questions. Like, how can I improve my health so that this is this is uh, easier to manage and easier to handle, right? So again, some of the reasons that I talk about improving your health in between some of these uh, episodes, if you're dealing with cyclothymia specifically or bipolar disorder or anything that's a mood disorder, that getting yourself into a better routine and getting yourself automated in some sort of a routine or ritual in your life means that your body is, your body and brain is going to feel naturally inclined, even though you're dealing with depression, to still go through that ritual, to still want to do those things. You're going to do it slower. You'll probably do it at uh, with less enthusiasm, but your body's still inclined to want to go do them. Like I, I can't go a day without showering <laughs> for sure. That's the thing that I absolutely have to do no matter how depressed I'm feeling. I need to go do that. And getting that f- helps with your body feeling refreshed and you can at least Take care of some of the elements of your life in that way. Maybe you're taking care of your beard if you've got one, or maybe you are someone that needs to take your vitamins in the morning or making sure that you're eating breakfast or making sure that your partner holds you accountable to do those things to make sure that you are eating breakfast and taking care of yourself and getting enough water, which I need to drink some after this, right? And just being aware of the cycles of your body, the things that you need so that when that depression comes, and I know I'm harping on this, but when that depression comes, you don't see it as this villain. You see it as this challenger. Again, you're opening the door and you're saying, come on in, friend. Welcome. Welcome back. Uh, how you doing? You doing okay? All right. That's cool. Um, so, yeah, I know we're just going to chill here for a little bit. That's totally fine. Like, you know, we're going to talk about things. Um, you know, I guess this is the opportunity to be aware of my mortality. This is the opportunity to look at my life. This is an opportunity for me to ask myself tough questions. Am I really doing what I want to do in my life? Am I worth, you know, is, are are there things in my life that, um, that I feel like I want to still live for? And I know that it's like really scary to talk about this mortality in the context of, of, uh, like suicidal thoughts and things like that. But I think depression allows in the form of a challenge that allows us the opportunity to think about our mortality in a way that, again, a lot of people really don't. There are a lot of people that kind of just coast through life or seemingly coast through life. I'm not going to speak for them necessarily, but there are some people who, who just kind of, they're, they're not aware or they think about their mortality much. And I think, I think that's by design. If there is some sort of source that is designing anything in humanity, (laughs) I think, um, I think there's, there are, and even based on like Myers-Briggs, there are certainly people who are just kind of persisting and going through and, and doing what they're supposed to do and not necessarily thinking about the big picture too much. You know, they go to church, they get their taste of intuition, they get their taste of the big picture. And they have a framework to go through to go by, um, but they don't necessarily have to ask themselves really tough questions to keep existing. You know those are the quote unquote normal people but I think the the benefit of having mental challenges and mental health uh, difficulties is that opportunity and looking at these challenges as opportunities to look at our mental health, to look at our mortality, to assess our lives in a way that allows us to to, to aspire to be the best that we want to be in our existence. Even if that means that, you know, our best is different than someone else's best, but someone else's best based on their quote unquote normalcy might not be as ambitious as our uh, as our uh, ambition because we're hyper aware of our mortality, and that means we maybe want to experience more, which is probably what makes depression so hard. We want to experience more things, you know we want to uh we want to appreciate more of life and experience more of life and take it in and Again, I think that is the power of shifting from the drama triangle into the empowerment dynamic is to not see life as something that you control or be controlled by. But that it, these are things where everything in your life is a teacher. Even your own depression is a teacher in your life. Your depression or your mania is an opportunity to assess your health, your mortality, your ambitions, your relationships, your happiness, and your sense of peace every day. So again, with I've been able to handle depression, the depression side of it, much better because I don't feel... Like I'm dealing with the drama triangle day to day in my life. I feel like I've, uh, I understand that I'm empowered or that I have the capability to reframe and be empowered every day more often. And therefore when depression comes knocking on my door, I treat them as a friend and not as someone I need to hide behind the couch from. So, Again, this is like kind of a tricky nuanced thing, but I think the reframe there is super super important. I would love for more clinicians to talk about this sort of thing, therapists, just this simple reframe of thinking about your depression as someone or something that is not this external harmful force, but this something within yourself that you can look at and see as a challenger or a coach or and and then you as a person can start to become more of a creator for me, you know, this entire, my entire life of having mental health challenges has led to me being a creator. I've been a creator of this podcast for about two years now, almost two years now. And, uh, or this iteration of the podcast, I started podcasting probably 2016, I think. And then, Uh, This feed started in July of 2017. And then dopamine was launched around January, February of 2018. So this has been a really powerful outlet for me as a person to share what I've been learning, to share what my depression has taught me, and to become a creator so that I can help other people. I think of creativity as the desire to give back to reality. And this is my creativity. I think about that all the time. I remember the moment that I had that feeling. This was probably a year ago. I was talking to Molly about it, where I was like, podcasting is my creativity or one of my avenues of creativity because I get to speak. I get to talk about my reframes, my logic, the way that I think about my emotions, the way that I think about my depression, the way that I think about my creativity and moving forward. And then the personality typology aspect of it and how that's helped me and been a major growth component of my life. So thinking about all these things and how I've been able to harness it into a podcast is that's what gives me purpose. That's what gives me focus. And I don't treat my depression anymore as something that has been this external hugging, gripping, uh, tied down force anymore. I I almost flow with it or as, as like a part of the vibration of my life, that it's something that I live with. And I'm not necessarily accepting that this is something that I'm going to live with for the rest of my life. It has been the case so far, but it's also something that I'm continuously trying to grow from. So with the hypomania side of things, I have less control over that. So that is giving me pause. That is giving me opportunity to look at it and say, what does that mean now? Now that I have struggles, now that I can handle depression a lot easier and welcome that friend, I'm still very much scared of hypomania. I don't trust myself to be around uh, louder things or or alcohol or anything that's going to cause um, the opportunity for me to just completely let go in a way that's going to be harmful. I don't know that I trust myself yet in situations in which I could unleash mania, uh, spending too much, you know, the, the being sexually aggressive, uh, those things are worrisome, you know, even with my partner, her and I, like we have been intimate during like my mania, my manic moments, but I'm still very much like learning to make sure that I'm controlling that energy Cause it's like, it's like this fireball explosion that could let go at any moment and it can be physically frightening. You know, I don't want to be that. So uh, being cognizant of that I think is a good first step. And again, I'm seeing, I'm working on seeing my hypomania as a challenger in my life, as a teacher in my life. And I don't really quite know what that means just yet. I refer to my hypomania as the pandas. <laughs> and, and I don't know if I've done a specific pep podcast episode on it, but if you go to dopamine.life, there's a, there's a, uh, um, article about the pandas. Uh, maybe I'll do an episode soon, kind of describing what that's like, but, uh, I describe them as the pandas and I don't know what the pandas are trying to tell me yet. I don't know necessarily how to prepare myself for when the pandas come. And, uh, I think, I mean, I suspect that Because I'm having difficulties in my life with money, with freedom, with um, with, uh, uh, yeah, really just those two main things and some and my physical health in a lot of ways that I feel like fixing those external things would help me manage that a little bit better that I can like go out and, you know, have controlled uh, episodes of going shopping and appreciating things, but also making sure that I'm I'm practicing that more um, practicing that discipline. And I think the hypomania, you know, typically just kind of discards all discipline for external things. And because I haven't had as much exposure to external things like that in the last two years, because of my financial circumstances that, you know, maybe that is the reason I'm feeling so inelegant with that aspect of myself. So, um, uh, still very much learning about hypomania and I'm going to be sharing that process with you as I grow and go along but that sort of shows again like that's why that's part of the process is i have to listen to it i have to listen to what it's telling me and listen to what this part of my brain is wanting from me what am i missing how am i so inelegant with this and even if I am inelegant, it's about not beating myself up about it. So I have a harder time managing my emotional experience in hypomania than I do with depression. I feel like with depression, it's an easier mental reframe. With hypomania, it's just pure chaos. It feels like my the logical part of my brain is exhausted. So perhaps it's about improving the elegance of both my intuition and my emotional experience. But either way, just generally thinking about all of this as something that is not to, uh, uh, not, not something that's trying to put me into a victim space, not something that's trying to ruin me uh, deliberately, right? <laughs> this is just brain chemistry. This is what I was born with or traumatized into. I don't quite know yet, but this is not some demonic force that is infecting me. This is just something that I need to look at and examine and be uh, mindful of. So uh, I'll kind of leave with this end part. And the reason that I've been kind of thinking about this and making this transition is that my friend Antonia Dodge from Personality Hacker kind of brought this up to me about not focusing so much on the mental illness side of things. And I think what she meant to say, um, and she probably said it in a much more elegant way than I just said it, but because she's better at that sort of thing. I think what she was trying to say to me is to not think of myself as a victim of my mental illness. And I agree if that's exactly what she was trying to say, um, that my mental illness is not something that is trying to ruin me. So I need to treat it as an opportunity as uh, continued challenges and ways to continue to grow. And I think it's been massively helpful with the depression side of things. Now I just need to figure out how to, um, translate that to hypomania. So, I mean, I've been doing a lot of work around mindfulness. I've been doing a lot of, I've been doing meditation in the shower, basically. Um, I've been doing more gratitude practices. I've been trying to work really hard at taking care of my mind. And maybe that's the thing, I've taken care of my mind, but I haven't taken care of my body as much. And maybe it's that poor polarity that my mind is requesting of me, that my body isn't requesting of me that, you know, I've got a better handle on what my mind wants through depression. And now my body and impulses are requiring improvement as well so that I can have a more manageable hypomanic experience. So, I want to know how this sort of thought process translates for you, whether or not you're actually dealing with mental illness. I assume that you are because you're listening to this podcast. But if you are not or have or have at some point, um, particularly anything that's more clinical as opposed to more capital D depression, something that you perpetually deal with, has this been helpful for you? are, do you have any other tips or tricks or something that you've been, that have been really useful for you in terms of mental reframes or things that you do when you're in uh, mania or in some sort of depressive spiral that help you get through it? Because again, the only way out is through, and we typically either have to wait it out or find some way to manage our boundaries, uh, uh tighter, or, you know, be more communicative with our environment and the people around us. So I would love to know, where you're at, uh, come to dopamine.life and leave some comments on some of our articles. There is the free Myers-Briggs course course. You can click on that and sign up for that sort of thing. And, um, just leave a comment on this podcast and let me know what you think, what your story is, etc., etc. Um, and let's go see notes on all the social channels. If you want to connect with me, especially on Twitter, I'm the most active on there. So, um, if you have any comments, questions, queries, etc please feel free to reach out to me. So I know this has been a little bit of a lower energy episode. I'm still kind of coming out of my depressive spike. So um, I think it was really important to talk about this and share this with you. Uh, Hopefully your shift from the drama triangle into the empowerment dynamic is a smooth one. But if you want to understand more about that, bit.ly slash start message is a class that I've created around brand messaging that is really a personal growth class. Uh, so I'm going to do a webinar around that in the near future. I don't have that figured out just yet, but, um, once I do, I will let you know. So thank you guys for being here, take care of yourselves and each other, and I'll catch you next time on dopamine. See ya.